This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, coming to you on a lovely Labor Day as we are a few short days away from kickoff of the 2020 NFL season. Who would have thought we ever was to get here? Joining me, as always, is Michael Fabiano and Dr. Roto. Fabs, happy Labor Day. How are you, my man? I'm good, man. Happy Labor Day to you as we all labor on Labor Day, which is sort of, uh, I guess, normal for us, right? Because it's right in the middle of the start of football season. And uh, I'm excited, man. Like, I didn't know that we were going to get here. We're here now. The COVID situation around the NFL is looking pretty positive right now. And I'm not saying positive as in positive cases. I'm saying it looks like uh, we're going to be a full go here in 2020. Doc, how you feeling, my man? Happy Labor Day. Welcome yeah. to the 2020 season, week one. I know. I mean, I, I, I agree with Fabs. <laughs> like, whoever thought that we'd get to this point. But, you know, it's so weird. The last couple of weeks, you can feel the energy. People are drafting around the clock. People are excited. We're ready to go. Thursdays are just a few days away. School's starting up north for a lot of kids. It started down here for mine. But it's uh, football will be going on Thursday with the Chiefs and Texans, and I can't wait. Yeah, that's how we kicking it off with the Chiefs and Texans on Thursday night. Before we get there, um, I got a couple things I want to run past. Obviously, you talked about drafting in leagues. Labor Day is a big draft day around the NFL. Um, Labor Day is a big draft day around the NFL. So with that being said, you know, if you're at your cookout or whatever the case may be, well, this year might be different. You had a cookout with a mask on. Yeah, so well, let's just carry on. But if you do want to draft for you SI Fantasy Plus members, you can head on over to the Play FFWC Lobby. They got drafts going on all day over there and all week leading up to kickoff. All right, fellas, let's get ready to hop in, Mike. Man, I tell you what, Adrian Peterson likes to keep a job, don't he? And now he goes to the Detroit Lions to join Carrion Johnson and my man DeAndre Swift. What the hell is going on? I <laughs> see. This one has me a little bit concerned about Carrion Johnson. And in the short term, I guess. DeAndre Swift, because I don't know if he's going to play in week one, right? 
They brought in Peterson because he knows Daryl Bevel's offense. They worked together in Minnesota years ago. So Peterson doesn't have to come in and learn a playbook. He already knows it, which to me signals that maybe Swift is not going to play in week one. Maybe he's going to be unlimited in week one. Carry on Johnson's going to be the starter, but they don't have faith in him being the guy, which means they had to bring in some insurance. And so this is going to hurt carry on. I'm not starting any lions backs this week, man. Heck to the no, I am not going there long-term though. I feel like Swift will still emerge. The one issue, the one concern that I have, guys, is that part of the reason Adrian Peterson is no longer with Washington is that they wanted to go young. And Peterson's not a guy who is going to a team where he's going to sit on the sidelines. So if Detroit signs him with the knowledge that Peterson's not a guy that we're going to keep on the sidelines all year long, he's going to have some sort of role in this backfield. So does he hurt Swift long-term? I feel like, again, Swift is still going to be the guy, but does he hurt carry on Johnson long-term? Yes. Does he put in a few, maybe four or five touches per game into maybe what Swift might get? That's possible too. So that Lions backfield right now is not looking nearly as good as it might have been a couple of months ago. It's a disaster. Doc, do, do you think um, Adrian Peterson's boy, Daryl Bevel, was just doing him a favor so he can cu- cut a couple more NFL checks? Or do you think there's really a need for Peterson in Detroit? Oh, no, there's actually a need because I think he is the Lions version of Frank Gore. So right. I think Frank Gore gets about five to six carries a game. He's the fourth and goal guy. He's the goal line guy. And look, do I think DeAndre Swift is built for that role? Not exactly. I mean, he's he's more slight. I mean, Peterson knows how to find the end zone for sure. So I think he's the Lions Frank Gore. And I think that's how I'm treating him in drafts. If he's there in round 15, around 16, and I need another running back, fine. I think it hurts carry on Johnson because I think that Swift will be mentored by AP. And I think Swift is the better receiver, so he will have the opportunities. I think Carrion Johnson loses those touches. So Carrion went from a guy who was 8 to 12 touches in my book to maybe more of a guy who's 5 to 8. Interesting, because um, when you, when you, it's, it's, that's all good stuff. Because I was looking at some videos over the weekend, and I don't think I've ever seen, maybe outside of Reggie Bush, the most dominant college back I've ever seen was Adrian Peterson. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's fa- well. There's a lot. I mean, look, Earl Campbell was as good as I've ever seen. I mean, well, that's before. Had like, yeah, before had seven time. guys <laughs> hanging on him and still be running. That shows you how old I am. But I mean, look, Peterson was great. Herschel Walker was great. But I think, look, he knows the offense. The Lions know exactly what they're getting. But don't discount the fact that you know these guys need a mentor. And I mean, Swift and Carryon get a guy like Adrian Peterson in the film room, talking to them, helping them. That helps the Lions as well. Gonna be interesting to see how it plays out, Mike. I remember last year this time it was Labor Day Day Labor Day last year. I said I'm gonna sign up for one more league, pay league, a money league. I'm gonna do one more draft because I got to get me some Baker Mayfield on my team. This is gonna be the year <laughs> of Baker Mayfield. It didn't turn out that way, Mike. I was very wrong. That team, that team limped across the finish line, and it was just disgusting. It was a sham. By the time I got to Thanksgiving, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this team. Didn't go well at all. That whole thing imploded. Yeah, there and seems to be a sense around NFL circles mm-hmm. that that's going to get fixed this year. I mean, we'll see, right? The time will—it's so hard for us in the industry right now. I, we didn't see him throw one pass in a preseason game, I know. so it's so difficult. Like, yeah, based on what we see on the surface, when you bring in Jack Conklin and you draft Dredrick Wills, yeah, the offensive line should be better. You bring in Austin Hooper, another weapon, yeah. That should help Baker Mayfield. Bringing Kevin Stefanski, 
who led Case Keenum to his best season ever in Minnesota. Yeah, that should help. Although Keenum is behind Baker in Cleveland. Let's just put that out there. But Baker is in a great position to succeed. He's just got to do it, guys. And I will tell you this. I'm not touching him in week one. Not on the road. Not against Baltimore. Not happening. Do not want. But one week a season does not make. So you're going to be playing the matchups with Baker. And hopefully he can be that guy that he was during his rookie campaign as opposed to what he was last year, which was an absolute flop. But time will tell. Like a lot of us, we're, we're running blind right now. I have no idea how Baker Mayfield's relationship and rapport is with Austin Hooper. I have no idea how good that offensive line is going to be protecting Baker Mayfield because we haven't watched any preseason games. So we're all sort of going to be sitting back, watching, absorbing what goes on in week one, and then we'll have a little bit more information to pass out to the folks and give a little bit more of a educated guess on where we think Baker and other guys like him are going to be heading in 2020. Doc, it's it's like it's a tough draw. Week one is a tough draw going out there to Baltimore. That Raven team, obviously, they're looking to improve on their fortunes this year. Road game. I don't, I don't know if Baltimore's letting people in the stands. I'm not sure. I didn't check into that. But, Doc, yeah, last year this time I was all for it. And, and, and man, it was very embarrassing. All right. Some people are blind and some people are visionary, exec. Oh. Uh, the road <laughs> and I'm telling you, I like Baker Mayfield a lot this year. And mm-hmm. probably my favorite prop bet is Baker Mayfield over 24 and a half touchdowns this year. Right. I think Freddie Kitchens was a nightmare who changed the playbook week to week or maybe even quarter to quarter. I think Baker had no idea what was going on. I think Stefanski comes in and immediately defines this offense. And he runs a play action offense, which feeds right into Baker. And I think maybe not knowing anything about preseason might actually help here. Last year, there was so much attention on Baker Mayfield and Beckham that maybe it was like they they couldn't handle it. So now Baker Mayfield is sliding in drafts. I got him last night in, I think, round 15 and as my QB2. Now, maybe week one is not the perfect spot for him. Jarvis Landry is not 100% either, but I think Austin Hooper is a terrific, terrific addition to this team. David Njoku, you couldn't, you can't rely on him. You can rely on Austin Hooper. And Beckham is going to have a breakthrough season. I think he's being, he's undersold, right? I mean, this guy is a solid, solid. This guy was a first round pick two years ago. So we, with, with that running game and with Baker's accuracy, I think you see him have a comeback year. Interesting. Um, where am I at on Baker Mayfield? I'm willing to buy at the cheaper price. I'll be honest with you. I'm willing to buy the cheaper price because I think the things that were wrong last year can be corrected this year. I like I don't think he's a lost cause. I think Freddie Kitchens played a big role in that in that problem last year. That core muscle injury to Odell didn't hurt much either. I mean, didn't help much either. So I'm in on Baker. I don't have him anywhere, but he's probably on some waiver wise. You know, guys, I did my home league draft last night, year 15 in the home league. You know, I've never won my home league. Not once. Because you're drafting Kirk Cousins and Dwayne Haskins. All right, relax, Doc. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to. I never won it. And, and they're like, oh, you're in the industry. You should be winning this thing every year. And I'm like, nah, it's not like that because I, I, I play differently. In my home league, we still run two wide receivers. So it's always an extra wide. It's always points on the bench that I always mess up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Change the like, rules. I like deeper. They, you, know how, you know how when you're in the league for I a know, long time, people don't like, like to change stuff. It's true. They have to go. It goes to a vote, and then everybody says no because everybody's wearing their Jordache jeans and Benetton sweatshirts, right? Exactly. <laughs> nobody wants. Nobody wants to move forward with the league. So, 
But it was fun to draft with those cats last night, you know what I mean? So I feel pretty good about that. Um, what I do not feel pretty good about is what's going on right now in the New England Patriots backfield on on Friday that just passed. I did a special edition of the SI Fantasy Podcast, the Patriot way. I was with Devin Clements. And um, he more or less said, Mike, that, that Sony Michelle is going to be the guy right now because, you know, Damian Williams not healthy. You know, in, in the situation with James White, he already has his role planned out for him. Um, but the thing about it is he did mention what we mentioned last week, Doc, about Cam Newton could be eating up some of those red zone. You know, he could be eating up some of those touchdowns. He, Mike, he said that Baker Mayfield – I mean, excuse me, not Baker Mayfield. He said that Sony Michelle – is as good as his offensive line, and the offensive line should be improved this year. This is a good week to play James White and Sony Michelle. Both guys really? are flex starters. Well, think about it. If Damian Harris doesn't play, Lamar Miller's been released. So basically, you're looking at Michelle and Rex Burkhead in the backfield, right? So those guys would be splitting some of the work. Assuming Michelle is 100% or close to it, this may, and the Dolphins' defense was not good against the run last year. So this might be. A week where Sony Michelle actually maybe slides into your flex, maybe utilize him as a DFS option based on the price. Maybe you're looking for a lower price type of guy that you can flex this week. But the situation with Michelle is what? We're never sure he's going to get enough touches because Bellatrix is always gloomy over us, man. We all know that it could be any guy at any given time, but that's not really the case this week because if Harris can't play, Michelle's probably going to get most of the early down work. We already know James White's startable for, for all fantasy owners across the board, again, because he is going to see most of the pass-catching opportunities out of that backfield, and Cam Newton likes to throw to his backs. We've seen that uh, time and time again in Carolina. But Michelle, good matchup, projected to start, no Harris. If that happens, opportunities are going to be there, right, guys? I'm not saying in a 10-team league you're starting Sony Michelle. But there's 12 and 14 team leagues out there looking for a flex starter. And I think you could do worse than Michelle this week. You agree with that, Doc? Yeah, I do. You know I hate Sony Michelle. I mean, with a passion. I, I, I don't love him either. <laughs> I'm just looking at the situation. Right. No, no. And I think Fabs is right. I think, you know, playing Miami with Damian Harris most likely limited, if at all. I mean, you know, it's not going to be a Rex Burkhead show. So you've got to think that it's James White and Sony Michelle. So, yeah, especially if I'm playing on a fan duel. I think Michelle is interesting. I wouldn't play him on DraftKings for sure, but I think on FanDuel that he could have, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown. But once again, I still go back to the Cam Newton's the X factor here. You know, I agree. How good is Cam going to be this year? Cam may come back and really want to play well because he's angry about what happened to him over the last, you know, in Carolina. I can see that. You know, they get on the three-yard line and maybe Cam wants to take it in and not hand the ball off. I, I don't know. So I think that if I'm ever going to play Sony Michelle, this is the week to do so. Yeah, and also keep in mind, too, his last three games against Miami, 12.3 points, 13.4 points, and 17.2 points. It's not bad. You looking for a flex starter in a PPR league? Give me double digit fantasy points at a reasonable price. It's worth a roll of the dice, man. Especially if you can get a touchdown and, ta and, and, and tap that and, and, and tap that off. Um, interesting though. When I was talking to Devin about the Patriots, he mentioned two names, and I can't pronounce either one of them. So yes, yes, Devin Asiasi, and then right Gunner. Right, oh, the, the last name I, I am not. I'm not getting. Yes, it, Devin and Gunner. <laughs> No, so Asiasi's Asi is kind of fun. That one kind of like rolls off the tongue, you know, Asiasi, you know. You can Devin Asiasi and Gunnar Olshinsky. Olshinsky, there. I, and Olshinsky, it doesn't, yeah. the way that it's spelled, you would never think that that's how it's pronounced. 
But I think that's the wrong receiver, guys. I don't really? think that's the wrong receiver. It's the right tight end, but it's the wrong receiver. The right receiver is Damier Bird. Okay. That's the right receiver because he's played with a cam and he's the fast guy. Maybe he's not the handsy guy, but he's the fast guy. And if you need to stretch that field, he's the guy you're going to need out there. So I, I think that Oshevsky is getting a little play right now in, in training camp because he's got sure hands. But I think Bird is the guy to own to, to roster in fantasy. What do you think, Mike? Well, I tell you, that's going deep. I mean, if I'm in a best ball league, maybe I'm drafted. Maybe if uh, I'm in a deeper league, maybe. But I- I'm still expecting a lot of those targets to go to Julian Edelman. I see Nikhil Harry seeing an uptick in value as well, uh, especially with the release of Mohamed Sanu last week. By the way, Mohamed Sanu still on the street, which is a bit of a surprise to me because uh, still a, p- a pretty good player, right? And from Every report that I read and some people I talked to that cover the Patriots, he was in really, really good shape. So uh, maybe he'll be signed at some point. But I can't see myself adding uh, Bird in, in, in most of these leagues that uh, that I'm drafting in. I still have like three or four drafts coming oh, up. Yeah, I'm not saying to add him. I'm saying that with Wave Wire sleeper, that's the sleeper to own. There you that, go. I got you. Roster. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think Wave of Wire. These are these are names that. Like my man, like 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 my man, uh, Lenny Melnick would always say, etch that name in your kitchen table. These are a pair of names to etch into your kitchen table if you know how to spell it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you a, and if you have a big table, and if you have a big table, because we got the whole year is going to take you know a lot of etching. Um, Mike, how you feel about the Rams' backfield uh, going into going into Week One? They got to get they got a matchup against our Dallas Cowboys. I know, and uh, Daryl Henderson. I don't know if he's playing or not. Honestly, we're probably not going to know until later on in the week. Uh, but if he's out, I, I still like Cam Akers. I interviewed Marshall Falk last week on my SiriusXM show, Fantasy Dirt, which you can check out uh, 8 p.m. Eastern daily, and he likes him. And when Marshall Falk talks about running backs, man, it's like EF Hutton, brother. I am listening. Okay, so. He likes Acres, and he thinks Acres could surprise some people. The, the one thing that I didn't like was that, I don't know if you guys watch Hard Knocks, but like one of the runs that they showed Acres on, he fumbled. I'm like, oh geez, you know, oh, I, no. I, I don't want to see that. But you know, the guy, he's fast. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. He had success last year despite playing behind an offensive line that wasn't all that great. Florida State, we know Florida State has produced some pretty good running backs in the National Football League, right? So I kind of like Acres this week as a flex starter, but again. Like I said, we're kind of running blind here with we don't know with the what rookies. the situations are. Right, exactly, especially with the rookies. Like, we could project Akers to be the best guy in that backfield, but maybe Sean McVay thinks, you know what? I'm going to go with Malcolm Brown this week as my starter because Brown knows the offense and he's better at pass protection than Akers, who hasn't really proven himself because he hasn't had the opportunity, right? We just don't know, and that's why you're going to play the guys that you drafted to be starters in week one, you're going to gain the knowledge just as long, just along with us, right? And in the first couple of weeks, and I have said this, you might see some of the younger guys in the backfield that maybe a wide receiver play a little bit of a secondary role early. So they start to get their sea legs under them, and then moving forward, week in and week out, they start getting more and more touches and more and more targets. But week one's going to be, it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot, boys. Yeah, Doc, I'm looking around, and uh, it's it's. I got to see it first, Doc. You're insane. Both of you are insane. 
Wow. Cam Akers is a stud. Oh, I forgot you're a visionary. Uh, <laughs> I like God. him as a flex starter this God. week. But again, you can't you can't just say I can. Sean McVay is going to start Cam Akers and give him 20 Sh- touches. Sh- Sean, well, you may be right this week. You may be right this right, week. This you week. may be That's right in that, yeah. that, that Malcolm Brown. May, Ma- Malcolm Brown may even be the starter this week. Don't be shocked to see Malcolm Brown be the starting running back when that game kicks off, right? But Cam Akers is the one with immense ability. He's the best pass catcher out of that backfield. And people are like, there, there was some report that he didn't even get five yards rushing at Florida State. Remember, I've said this before in this podcast, Florida State was a train wreck last year. Their, Shout out to Willie their head coach got fired in the middle of the year. Their court, they were rotating quarterbacks. Their offensive line may have been worse than Wake Forest's in the ACC. But look, we Cam Akers was like one of the top three recruits coming out at, at running back. So Sean McVay, it may take a week. It may take two. My only problem with Cam Akers right now is I'm seeing him drafted in the fourth round, right? So I loved him in the sixth round. I liked him in the fifth round. In the fourth round, you better be right. I think he's going to be worth it. But that now all of a sudden, when draft value equals ability, we've got to make sure that they're aligned. What happens late? After like August 25th, the boards, draft boards start to tighten up and running backs normally shoot up. So that you're probably going to have to pay that price for them if you want to get them in this last couple of weeks before we lead up the kickoff of the 2020 NFL season, which is a little bit later on uh, this week. Mike, what do you think about the Packers coming in, the, the Packers offense coming into this year? I watched a lot of Packers game last year. I, I, listen, they won the division and all of that, but they weren't that impressive to me. And I think they can regress to the norm this year. Like, besides Adams, okay, don't get me wrong, Aaron Jones scored a lot of touchdowns last year, 17 against the Cowboys one day. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that, that was not brutal, pretty man. to watch. Yeah. That was not. That was bad. Yeah. Uh, back to the Cowboys right quick uh, and your man, Marshall Falk. I remember last a uh, couple of years ago after Derrick Henry's 99-yard touchdown run, he was like, he was talking about it, right? I was in, doing a show with him, and he was like, oh, yeah, man, that was a great run. I was like, Tony Dorsett was better. He told me that Derrick Henry's 99-yard touchdown run was better than Tony Dorsett's. Like, that's how that's how real the Cowboy hate yeah, is I know. From, from, from Marshall Falk. Dude, that, I, I was watching that game. I was a kid. I loved Danny White and Tony Dorsett. The Cowboys lost that game, by the way. But yeah. Dorsett's run was amazing, man. That was just great. I could watch that highlight over and over and over again. Didn't get the result we wanted because we lost, but still... Man, I love Tony Dorsett. Any highlights on the Packers offense this year? Yeah, I feel like they're going to regress a little bit. What did they win? Did they win 13 games last year? I mean, they went to the NFC Championship game. I mean, they had a really successful season. They got destroyed by San Francisco uh, a couple of times. But the bottom line here for me is that this is no longer the Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, that, that we all sort of knew and loved, right? Where Aaron Rodgers was slinging it, you know, 30 to 40 times and he was, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy football based on what we saw last year. And Rodgers, his pass attempt numbers didn't go down significantly, but they went down a little bit. They want to run the ball. Matt LaFleur wants to run the football instead of drafting a wide receiver. And they could have got a damn good one. They went with A.J. Dillon in the second round and didn't draft any receivers. And then the only guy they signed, Devin Funches, ho-hum, oh ends up opting out. <laughs> and now one of the guys that we were all excited about, right, Chase Sternberg, you're like, oh, man, he could end up being the guy in Green Bay, and they've liked to use the tight end in the past. Robert Tanyan, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be your starting tight end in Green Bay. So outside of Devontae Adams, who's going to eat, 
you got question marks. Alan Lazard looks good, like a late-round flyer. There's some talk about Mar Marquez Valdez-Scantling. This is going to be a team that wins with defense and running the football. Bottom line, Aaron Rodgers, hell, at this point right now, I've got Aaron Rodgers, I think, 12th or 13th at quarterback, and I'm not playing him this week either. Not against Minnesota after they've made some big-time additions in the offseason, right? And it's a road game. Rodgers was bad against them last year. He's a matchup-based starter. It sounds like blasphemy, doesn't it, to call Aaron Rodgers a matchup-based starter? But, guys, that's what he is right now. And the running back situation, we all know regression's coming for Aaron Jones. It, 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 it's certainly coming. If you get 8 to 10 touchdowns from Aaron Jones uh, in 2020, you should be absolutely dancing in the streets. Doc, the cupboard is empty. Well, look, I agree with most everything Fab said, I do. But that said, I think that DFS-wise, I think they're interesting, right? I think the Packers on an any given week between Rodgers and Adams, who I really like this year, I think Devontae Adams might lead the league in targets. I do. Uh, and Aaron Jones, who will regress. I think they could have a good week here and there. So am I willing to use that stack in DFS maybe three or four times a season? Yes. Do I want to roster Aaron Rodgers in any of my seasonal leagues? No. Do I have Aaron Jones in any leagues? No. I do have Adams on one or two teams, and I do have Alan Lazard, who I really like. I think, more importantly, Aaron Rodgers likes him. I think the problem you have there is you have a head coach who wants to put his own stamp on the team, and maybe it's not Aaron Rodgers who's set in his ways, and this just has all the makings of a quarterback, you know, like Joe Montana, who at the end of his career goes somewhere else, you know, LT going to the Jets. Maybe Rodgers has a year or two a good, good, a good play elsewhere. But right now, it just you know, it just doesn't feel the vibes are bad in Green Bay, right? The vibes are bad. The defense played very well last year. Can it play that well this year? I don't know about it. I, I don't think I'm buying into it. This all sets up perfectly for my Kirk Cousins MVP, MVP prospect. <laughs> <laughs> it sets up perfectly. I love it. Going from an old quarterback to a young one. Hey, what do you think about Joe Burrow this year, Fabs? You think oh, this is the you know what I'm saying? Can this be like this, you know, is this the new Andrew Luck? Is this like, you know, greatness walking into Cincinnati to lead that franchise for years to come? I mean, I don't know if he's going to be Andrew Luck, but I think he'll be pretty good. And I think he'll be better than a lot of people maybe project as a rookie. But again, same sort of situation. Things might start off a little bit slowly for Burrow. No preseason first game at home against the Chargers, who have one of the top cornerback duos in the National Football League and a pretty tough pass defense. A pretty tough defense. I mean, it sucks they lost Derwin James. Every year oh, the Chargers is crazy. Every year they lose a top defensive player during training camp or the preseason. That they are just absolutely snake pick. But this is a team that's going to be tough for Burrow to come out and play against. I don't know what's going on with AJ Green. At this point, I think I've got maybe two shares of them, and I'm fading them where I can because the one thing we're all worried about AJ Green, or maybe it's two, age 32 years old and injuries. And he didn't do anything hardly at all in practice, all training camp, because he was limited to individual drills because he had a hamstring injury. So, but I like Burrow as a matchup based starter over the course of the season. I think he's going to open some eyes and that, that Cincinnati Bengals offense, it might be a little bit better than some people project. Zach, Zach Taylor is a guy uh, who likes to throw the football. They've got Joe Mixon locked up now. He's in the mix. One of the better featured backs in the National Football League, not elite, but still pretty good. And hell, Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's coming off a 90-catch season, and no one talks about him. Yeah, nah, Tyler Boyd. I like Tyler Boyd a lot. I got a team doc with A.J. Green. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, should I? Like, can I sit him this week? I, I wouldn't have drafted A.J. Green. I don't I don't have him in any league. But I do, I do like T. Higgins. 
I do like T. Higgins a lot. And I, I think, let me give a word out here that people may know from the NBA, but I don't think they think about it for the NFL. It's called pace, right? The Bengals play at a quick pace. So quick pace teams put up points, right? Because they run more plays. And I think you're going to see Burrow and Mixon and Boyd and, and Higgins, especially because I'm not really a big fan of A.J. Green. I, I think they're going to get more points than we think they will because they're going to run more plays. I, I really like Joe Burrow. That was one of the best college seasons I've ever seen. Excellent. And I, and I think when you look at Joe Burrow and you say, well, maybe he's a one-year wonder. That was that was wonderful, right? And he he was epic. Even in the big games, he was epic. He was running, he was throwing, he was accurate. Now I know LSU had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I, I get that. And you know, Edwards Hilaire. They had they had the best team. But he was also great. I mean, he was throwing pinpoint passing. And this guy's humble, right? And what I love if you've done any reading in the offseason, every time he makes a bad play, he goes to the defender and says, What did I do wrong? And he wants to learn. And the great ones want to learn and get better. I think Jonah Williams is going to, is going to protect him at left tackle. And I think the Bengals are going to be better this year. Now, better may only be five or six wins, but they will be better. Yeah, I like that. I remember, that. I remember watching him when LSU played Texas last year. And then and that, that was like week two or three. And I was like, wait a minute, this kid might win the Heisman. And sure enough, he did with one of the historical seasons. Before we get ready to wrap up and get up out of here, Mike, um, I got to get my, 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 my uh, weekly Adam Gase update. Uh, he's still head, the New York Jet head coach. He's still messing things up. Are you comfortable with Le'Veon Bell in week one? I got him I got him in two lineups. I am not comfortable at all with him. Um, oh, that's I, right. He's your bus. He, what? I, I don't have – I don't know that I have any shares of Le'Veon Bell where he's not a flex starter. Like, he's my third running back. In fact, I know it for a fact. Last year, he was, what, the RB16. He was really inconsistent. And – he had career lows in terms of targets and carries. He had a 3.2 yards per carry average. Now they have Frank Gore in the mix. They tried to trade for Kalen Balage. Adam Gase, I mean, this guy is the decimator of fantasy football superstars. If Le'Veon Bell had stayed in Pittsburgh, we're probably talking about him as a first or second round pick. But right now, hell, I wouldn't have drafted him before round four or five. I feel like he probably would have been gone in most leagues, especially in home leagues because of name value. But he's going to be running behind, what, the third straight different offensive line in his career now, three straight years. This is just one of those situations where I feel like the risk is too big for me and the reward is not big enough. And based on where I've seen him going, and I was in a couple of drafts last year, he's going in the third round. I am saying hell no to that. I am not touching Le'Veon Bell in the third round. I feel like he's going to have some nice weeks, but overall, the elite running back that we used to know and love named Le'Veon Bell, he's still in Pittsburgh somewhere, while this guy in New York, he is going to probably drive you mad all season long. Doc, come in here and bring it home. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't support Le'Veon Bell. When I'm in a draft and somebody takes him in round three, I, I cheer. I go, oh, that's a better chance for me to get my player. And and I think maybe, maybe Bell Who's still has ability. That, at that point? What's that? Who's your player at that point if it's not Bell? You mean in the third round? Because well, yeah. it allows me to take whether it's Allen Robinson or Adam Thielen or Kenny Galladay or Got Beckham it. or any receiver. that Because somebody inevitably in like the fifth or sixth pick of the third round takes Bell. And I just don't see it because when your head coach despises you, much like what happened last year with Dwayne <laughs> Haskins, right? That yeah, coach yeah, staff right. wanted no part of him. Gase wants no part of Bell. So how, how can this player succeed when the coach almost – 
almost, I don't want to say exactly, wants you to fail because he wants to say, well, I said we never should have gotten this guy. Look, yeah. if Bell ends up at another address, he may actually be a Pro Bowl player again. But right now at this address, it's not going to be good. Now, if you look at the Jets, literally every single receiver is questionable. Okay. Their offensive line has questions and you've got to go and play the Buffalo Bills week one. I mean, come on. This is good really luck not with a great spot. Yeah. No. yeah. Shout out to Josh Allen. He should be able to eat this week. All right. Thanks a lot, fellas. Appreciate that. Make sure that you do all the right things. SI Fantasy Podcast. Subscribe because we got you covered all season long. Don't forget SI Fantasy Plus and SI Fantasy Pro. For Michael Fabiano and Dr. Voto, I'm the fantasy executive, Corey Parson. We are out.